Hey everybody, I'm Ashley Graham, and this is Pretty Big Deal, where confidence is key. Every episode, I get to pick the brains of brilliant, inspiring, honest, new and old friends who are a pretty big deal. Today, we are talking to the incredible Gail King. Selected as one of Time's most influential people in 2019, Gail is undoubtedly one of TV's most versatile personalities. Gail King is in the house. Thank you, Ashley Graham. I'm glad to be here with you. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting that you're here. I just no. thank you. Thank you for making time because I know you're a busy lady. You really get around. I do, mean, do I? Yes, you do. People girl. always say that to me. They because you do. <laughs> I, I saw you at the Lifetime luncheon. You were presenting I'm watching to 48 KC. hours on Saturday night. I don't know Ashley. how you do it. You saw Justin at the Chris Rock yes. event. Yes. Um, I saw you at Serena's New York Fashion yes. Show. I didn't get to say hi, but I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? Number one, I like to go, but if you have to go to a screening, I don't go to the after party. Right. So I'll do a come in and see what's what. Okay, so you're out to stay current. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think even if I wasn't doing this job, I would want to be, I, I want to know what's happening, what's going on. It's who you are. It is. It's the essence of Gail King. It You're is. social. You're a social butterfly. Actually, I'm very shy, Ashley. No. No, listen. Are you an introvert that has no. to? Okay. Definitely but you know not. how extroverted introverts have to go home I've and then they have that. to have like alone silence? I ain't one of those people. No. <laughs> I walk in. The first thing I do is turn on the TV. I just like the sound. I like to know what's going on. You know, I'm the kid that when I was in elementary school, you know, you get the note home. Yeah. She's, you know, she's a nice kid. I mean, she's very bright, but she talks a lot in class and tends to be disruptive. I was that kid. So I've always been very, I don't like the word nosy. I like the word inquisitive. Okay, but take us back to when you first started. You just started your first day was in Missouri, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. What was that first day like as a journalist? Because you've been doing this for- Yeah, I've been doing it for a long, because I'm 64. People always say, how can you tell your age? I think it's silly when you meet women and you say, how old are you? And they go, Gail, that's a personal question. Is that a personal question? I don't think it is. I don't either. And I'm so glad to be here. You know, when I turn 50, they immediately send you a, a subscription for the AARP. <laughs> I'm thinking, how do they even know? And I call the mass and please take my name off the list. And now looking back on that, I shouldn't have done that because I think it's good to celebrate that you can be this age and do this and l move this way in the planet. Mm -hmm. But when I got it, I thought, ooh, uh, ooh, I don't, want, I don't want that. But why was that such a big deal for you, turning 50? Did it well, just- Well, I'm not hung up on age, but when I turned 50, it was the first time I realized that you're probably not gonna live another 50 years. Mm. You know when you turn 30, you know you can make it to 60. Mm -hmm. When you turn 40, you know, Knock on wood, the way things are, you could make it to 80. Mm -hmm. But when you turn 50, the chances of making it to 100, most of us don't. So that was the first time when I thought, ooh, now I have to start counting backwards, if you know right. what I mean. So it, it hit me in that respect. And I also remember when my mom turned 50, that seemed so old. And I didn't feel any of those things. I don't feel, even at 64, I don't feel old. Well, you I don't, don't act like it or look like well, it. I don't feel old. And I'm not avoiding my age or running away from my age, but I'm thinking, you know, 60 means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel, you know, I, I sort of embrace that. But when I see people, they go, oh, I don't want to say my age. It's so impolite. It's so impersonal. <laughs> or when I weigh myself on, and put it on Instagram. Oh, I, why I, we're going to talk that? about that later. Well, I figure people have eyes. They have a, they can see. <laughs> so, I, so I don't have that kind of hang up. Right. I, I never have. And so in the beginning, you didn't have that hang up walking no. into your first day I mean, day so here I am, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yes, I was very nervous. You were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was before hair and makeup. So I was doing it myself. 
I look at those early pictures and I think, Jesus really loves me. I don't know how I was on TV. <laughs> but the first time I read a story twice, didn't know I had done it. You know, so you are you are very nervous. And now I'm at the stage in life that even if things go wrong, that's what I like about live TV because you're always sort of working without a net. It could go wrong at any time. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I like knowing in the, the back pressure. Of, yeah. And I, I like knowing in the back of your mind, it could totally go to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing you can do about it. But now at this stage, I feel whatever happens, happens. And I can handle it with something as simple as we're going to take a commercial break. <laughs> I haven't had to do line? that. Yes. But I do know if things go wrong, How it's do you okay. prep for CBS every morning? Because well, you're on every morning Yeah, I'm now. on every morning. And I, I do pride myself on being prepared. It's true. You know, I read the books. I look at whatever they're coming to promote, whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV show. And the producers really prepare you very well. Mm-hmm. So I get, you know, very extensive notes, and very extensive research. But there's something about reading the person's book. I forgot who it was I was interviewing, but they were playing... Bruce Springsteen in the delivery room. And so I said, God, I you, make a you, playlist. you like Bruce too. And you were playing, what song was it? Because you saw that part? You know, it was like, you saw, you actually saw that? I go, yeah, because I like Bruce too. What song was it? And I think people appreciate that if you take the time and listen, we have four minutes, five minutes. So how much can you really get to? But it's a way of saying to them, I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you taking the time and that I took the time to really see what you're here to promote. Mm -hmm. What's annoying, and hopefully this doesn't happen to you, is someone will come on and they don't want to play. And I said, look, I'm here to help Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I'm here to help you to promote whatever it is you're here to do. So sometimes people come and they don't want to, I use play for lack of a better word, engage. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, you can engage for five. That's exactly what I'm thinking. It's like, oh, um, how long is this? Okay, I got five more of these to do. And I just think, boy, you know, it's your movie, it's your book, it's your TV show. We're just really here to help you, dude. So, dude, yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. But what do you do in that moment? Then, like, do you kind of you just plow through? That? I act like I don't see it. Oh, okay. You know, I, I would never say what I just said to you. Look, dude, we're, we're here to help your ass. <laughs> you just act like you don't see it and go, all right. Okay, so right. that that sounds I like see you. It sounds like you love that part of your job, not the dude part, but like getting to know people. What I love is that every day is different. Every day you get to do something you didn't do the day before. That's right. You know, and and this is the thing: the news is always changing. Yes, there's always going to be somebody that we don't even know who the next big it person's going to be. Mm-hmm. We don't know. What the next breaking story is going to be, mm-hmm. but we know there's going to be one. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, I say this all the time. I have a front row seat to whatever that's going to be. Yes, Ashley, that's wait. So Doctor cool. Phil said you have uh, press access. Yes, he said I, I have that. a I have a, a, a press an all access press pass. Love that. I like that too. So you know, we all have times where we go, oh God, I'm so bored of this job. Blah 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 blah. I look around the studio sometimes. I go, guys, look what we get to do every day. People go to bed, the world is one way, you wake up the next day and it could be totally different, and I mean totally different. Now we have the situation in Iran. We get to be the ones to tell you that. Mm -hmm. That never gets old to me. Or, you know, sadly to say, you go to bed and someone has died. You wake up in the morning and we're the first person to tell you that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a... Awesome responsibility and an awesome privilege, too. And mm-hmm. that's never, ever lost on me. What has been the hardest story to report in all of this? Newtown. Mm-hmm. I anchored the news in Connecticut for many, many, many years. I was there for over 18 years. But that Newtown story, I don't think you have to come from Newtown, Connecticut, to appreciate the devastation of that. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you have children, don't have children, you know, those little kids 
going to first grade, you know, they're five, six years old. They don't even have their, they have their baby teeth. And I become friends with a couple of the mothers. And Anna Grace was one little girl, her mother Nelba. I really have become legit friends with them. Wow. Covering the story. And she said, it's the lottery of hell. It's a, it's a hell lottery yeah. that nobody wants to play, but we're all playing. Right. Where any day, any day, Ashley, and I do think this, it could happen to any of us at any time, no matter where you are. So that's a little jarring to me, but that was a, that was the hardest. I still think about that, and it makes me angry that all these years later we're still having a discussion about guns. Thank you. I know the the Second Amendment, but the Second Amendment, when it was written, they were talking about muskets, and they were talking about protecting your property. Mm-hmm. They were not talking about these AK-47s and these, these AR-15, these assault rifles. Mm-hmm. They weren't talking about that. And I just think, you know, if that didn't change the gun laws, I, I, I don't know. What, I don't honestly don't know what will. But that said, I was just going to say, I do sense that something is happening. You know, the, these back-to-back shootings in Dayton and El Paso. Something is happening, so you we, can't sh- we shall it. see. No, you can't. It's no. really, it's alarming. I don't know how big the number has to be. I don't know who the person is that has to has to be killed. That we say, oh, oh, okay, now we got to. Do- I don't. I don't right. know what that number is. Right. But well, I, I don't think if, if politics and law enforcement aren't going to get involved, and it's companies that are actually selling yes, the guns yes. and the bullets have to start yeah. making a stance. And I think Walmart even changed. They did. So, I know, but changes. I do think change is coming. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like this is the hardest part of your job beyond your schedule is delivering stories like that? Yeah, but I also think it's a reality of life. So I, I try not to take it home, but there are certain stories that get to me that Timothy Piazza, the, the guy who was at college binge drinking and, you know, his fellow frat brothers just sort of Mm -hmm. left him there. Mm hmm. You know, my heart aches for the parents who come on and, and tell the story because they're really trying to help others avoid what they've gone through. So those kind of stories, those kind of stories get to me. Where does your optimism come from? Because I get to sit and have a podcast and have fun conversation. Yeah. But you're having the real life stories come at you every day. I generally do believe people are good. Mm-hmm. I generally do believe that. I generally do believe people want to do the right thing. I do think that, you know, people want to support each other and be kind to each other. I generally believe that. Mm-hmm. Our times say differently when we're encouraged to be our worst possible selves. And, and I watch all the Ratchet TV shows. You know, whether Wait, it's you're watching Ratchet TV shows and 48 Love hours? and Hip Hop. Girl. Yes, really? love and hip hop. Oh my God! But did you ever the get Real into, Housewives of Atlanta? Did you ever get Potomac? into like Handmaid's Tale or anything like yes. like that? Oh yeah, yeah. How Gail? I watch I watch Handmaid's How? Tale. Too. Love Elizabeth Moss. See, this is the thing. I love TV. I love music. I love movies. I went to see Jennifer Lopez's Hustlers this weekend. And? Because it's Jennifer Lopez. Well, that's where I saw you last, I think. <laughs> yeah. One of the last times was at... Gail and I stayed up until yes. about 3 a.m. Yes, yes, at yes. Jennifer Lopez's last yes, Vegas. In Vegas. Oh, my God. That's and right. Favorite Daughter Kirby was there. That's right. And you were on the dance floor. That's right. Yes, impressing everyone with my seventh grade moves. But I left Hustler thinking, I need to get me a stripper pole. Do you have one of those at home? You know what? Justin and I have discussed this. And we I'll have, bet you do. We have talked about, you know, we've been married nine Actually, years. Yeah, but still. How do you keep things sexy, right? Get a stripper pole. I think that we would laugh at each other until we peed our pants. I don't know how. How do you do that after nine years? Just all of a sudden get sexy on a stripper pole. Well, there's something about watching it. That I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. But did you like watching the girls? Because I don't want to, I don't know. I don't think I could watch a guy strip for me on a pole. I think I would just be hysterical. 
Well, I don't think Justin needs to strip. I think you just get up there and you just spin around. I think it just conjures up all sorts of flexibility. I'm going to get and vertigo. I thought, I, it hurt my back, but I did think that it was, I did think that that was interesting. Wait, have you ever stripped for somebody? No. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, no. I, I thought I'd ask because you, know, you were so intrigued. This is funny. This is funny. Once in uh, college, I was dating a guy who was a photographer. Okay. And I thought, okay, let's have a sexy photo shoot. Now, my idea of a sexy oh, photo shoot, I was nude. But Ashley, I was wearing rollers. This was back in the day where you wear but pink that's foam cool. rollers. <laughs> that's like very Maryland. That's so stupid. No. I mean, and I'm posing. I'm doing all what the things. What are you things. doing, like 50s poses? I mean, just, you know, you stick your butt out. You yeah. stick your boobs out. He's a photographer. So I went with him to the dark room to develop them. And then when they were done, I got all the negatives. So I know that they will never see the light I of day. I was going to say. Um, oh, I mean, this was even before. I don't understand why people send... Snapchat selfie. Like I don't. Naked. I know. I, I don't get it because once it's out there, it takes a life of its own. I don't. I honestly don't get that without sounding like Wait, the old so lady in the Wait, so if you were room. in a long distance relationship, no, there nothing. I would not. If do he that. was like, "Come on, Gail. No, nope, it's no. been twenty years. Send me well, a he's little." He's coming home. Okay. When he comes home, I will do all of that. But well, I, Justin, yeah. you better get rid of those pictures. Do you send? Do you yes, send, we send each other pictures. We do. Not, we're not on the cloud. <laughs> but, but but when you take them, you're always in the cloud. I just I, think that's so risky. Look, you know, first of all, even I have even though naked. husband and wife, I yeah. post naked, and you could probably go Google it and see every crevice and and valley of me if you really wanted to. But we don't do it in a very like our photos are tasteful. Like we're just more like I miss you, or you know, it's not. I miss like you we're here sexting. are my boobs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Justin here, says here I miss you. Here's my penis. <laughs> Did, did you forget what it looked like from the time he left the house? We do have a rule Guess what? Now. It's still going to look the same when he comes back, Ashley. You know what is funny is I don't... Okay, I okay, want wait, ab wait, wait. photos. I want bicep and ab photos, and he wants boob photos. Okay, but do those turn you on? This is another thing I'm looking about. Are you turned on looking at a picture of somebody's penis? I don't think I no, would turn me on. No, I don't like on. looking at penis. Okay. No, I'm not into the... I'm, I mean, I love Justin's, but I don't need to see a photo of Well, I haven't it. seen Justin, so I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, you you get... When he sends it to you, you go, oh, look at him. I I prefer <laughs> my abs baby. and biceps. Abs and biceps. I like... I like you uh, know? Or I like, like a broad back. Too. Ooh. Wait, what is too. it about a man that gets you? What is it? For me, it's humor. Oh, oh. Okay. Humor hum and then chest. Humor. No, okay, okay, I'll go with that too. Oh, stop. It's the chest. She pointed at the chest. It's the chest. <laughs> you got a big old chest. Come to Gail. Yes. <laughs> I do like it's shallow, I know, but I really do like big. Yes. I do. I, I like, uh, and I think it's because I'm 5'10, and when I was in elementary school, I was taller than all the boys. Mm -hmm. And they used to call me Goofy Gail, Goofy Gail, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And I hated that. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, that. but the way you just see, I was scarred went, by oh, that, oh, Ashley. Oh, oh. And so to this day, I still like someone who can like pick me up and make me feel like I'm petite. Oh, so I'm very hung up on that. I know. So it's bad when someone says, and I want to introduce you to somebody. My first question: How tall is he? Mm. People said, Gail, you have to stop asking that question. I go, I know it's shallow. I know it's shallow, but I like, I, I like humor. I like somebody who can make you laugh. I like intelligent somebody that you can have a conversation yes. with. Like, you know, because I am so plugged in, if I'll say to somebody, can you believe that the Democrats or Republicans said blah, 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 and they go, what are you talking about? You didn't hear? You right. know, I'm sort of like, right. how could you not know this? That's a turnoff. For me, it is. So I want somebody who is informed, who's engaged, who's funny. Yeah. Because I, I actually believe that humor is a sign of intelligence. 
you know, it, it takes a lot to be someone who can make you laugh. My mom, you can't go on, on any dating app, but my mom did. And she found men that were 6'6". Six, six. Did she? Nebraska, Colorado. She went all in the Midwest. If you want a tall Nebraska? man. Nebraska? I don't know. I wouldn't. I there don't, are no black people in Nebraska. There are a few, but there, when I say a few, I mean literally a few. There's That's it. If I could do it, like Match.com and not have to say it was me, I mm. would do it. You but would. there's but there's also another part of me that feels like loser. Even though I know a lot of people have met people in dating uh, on dating online, there's still a part of me that's feels some of that. Because you want it to be a natural connection, like you want that spark to, in the beginning. Well, Brian Grazer was on yesterday. He's written this book about face to face. Brian Grazer, the, the producer, and he said that he saw his wife across the room and they made eye contact, and that the eyes are the soul. I've never just looked across the room from somebody and went, hmm. You know, I've been curious, but I haven't thought, I haven't felt that. Mm. But he believes that that can happen. But if I could do it and people not know it's me, with Match.com, I would. Wait, can we set up a fake account for you? I think Kirby should do that for you. But you can't do a fake account because they have to see a picture. Well, you could do like a, like, I don't know, some kind of, we could figure something out. Yeah. So speaking of not being fake on dating apps, yeah. how do we deal with fake news? Because this has been something that I think America has really had to weigh in on what they think is fake yeah. and what they believe is real. Yeah. But now we've got people saying they're journalists. Yeah. How do we fact check ourselves well, number and one, stay focused on the truth? Well, you do have to be informed. You can't, I believe, just get it from one source. I think if you only listen to Fox, you get one point of view. Mm -hmm. If you only listen to MSNBC, you get another point of view. Mm -hmm. And you can look at both of those and think, gosh, it's so skewed, I think, in either direction. So I think you have to be very judicious. I think you have to be very thorough. You know, the thing I pride myself on working at CBS, even before I went there, you know, that's original reporting, great storytelling. We fact check. We will sometimes be on the air and I'll say, but so-and-so is reporting. Why can't we go? They said, because... We haven't confirmed it. Mm. Yeah, but so-and-so and so-and-so. And then it turns out maybe it wasn't exactly how it turned mm. out to be. So we really check, triple check. Whenever I hear fake news, I honestly don't think they're talking about us. I really don't. But there was something at the New York Times about Brett Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. where the New York Times did a story. And the headline was, you know, another woman comes forward to accuse him. But what the New York Times didn't put in the story was that the woman in question didn't recall the incident. And she didn't want to be interviewed. And they didn't report that part of the story. Right. Then they had to come back out and say, oh, by the way, the woman didn't know. She doesn't recall the incident. Somebody came forward on her behalf to say, you know what he did? He, he was drunk and he da-da-da-da. She doesn't remember it. She doesn't want to be involved in it. And when I saw that, that that was coming from the New York Times, I did a little bit of, ugh. Right. Because it just feeds into the narrative from the president of the United States about fake news. Now, the New York Times is a standard bearer. I was surprised that that had happened under their watch, very surprised. So I think we all have to be very careful about what we read, what we see, and what we believe. We almost live in a society now that you can't take anything at face value because, actually, they can doctor video. I know. They could take this conversation and, and they, they could, could switch our heads. They even. could switch our heads and it could have me saying, you know, I really like Justin's penis. Right. <laughs> they, could, they could do that. I know. It's they crazy. Could do that. And then you'd be very mad. No, I wouldn't. I'd be like, me too, girl. <laughs> I'm too chill for that. <laughs> but that. But, but, but you have to be careful because they really can edit anything to say anything. I know. They can edit things. 
So you have to trust the the news organization that you're watching or you're reading. Mm -hmm. But it, you but bring you got to do that. But Brett, you bring up a good topic because I feel like the Me Too movement. Women are finally being heard. Yes. I agree with you, and you'd said this on Dr. Phil's podcast, that like I really don't think women are saying that they're sexually assaulted or abused, and they're not. Like I believe them. I think it's very unusual. I Does do it too. happen? Yes. Yes. But what needs to happen? Like, what needs to change in this movement? What do you think? Well, I mean, I still affected? think it's very important that we have a voice. I still think it's very important that we speak out. And I do think that good things will come from the Me Too movement. I do too. I think that women will be believed in a way that they haven't been before. Mm -hmm. And so I don't subscribe to the, well, it wasn't rape, because you, you don't have to be raped for it to rise to the level of, look, you cannot do that, mm -hmm. and this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Angie Dickinson was on uh, CBS Sunday Morning, and they asked her, she's 80-something, what do you think about Me Too? She goes, I don't like it. I don't like it. I just don't like it. And they said, why? Well, because there's a difference between rape and a guy in his bathrobe showing you himself. Well, yeah, there's a difference, but that ain't okay either. It's not. I think it's brought a whole conversation it that does. Never, yes. we've never been able to have before. And so that's why that is good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I do worry, though, actually, on the flip side, on the other side to the other extreme, that you know, a woman makes an allegation the man is charged, and then that's just it. I don't there like that. There has to be some mm -hmm. due diligence, mm -hmm. some room for redemption if needed. Of course. Some due process. And so, so when you're having these that. conversations, how do you not? Because your face says it all. Your face says it all. You know? I try to have Everybody that you see on TV has an opinion. Right. The, the truth is because we're not robots, we're not, you know, robotic or, you know, um, animated figures. The difference is I'm not supposed to share my opinion. So I, I struggle True. with that. I struggle with that sometimes. Difference between a journalist and a podcast yes, host. Because, you know, you'll have an opinion where you go, did he or she just say that? What? Mm -hmm. But that's not the job I'm supposed to do. But just occasionally like, I can't help but say, boy, that was wrong. I mean, because your composure through the R. Kelly interview was amazing. But you, but you know what? I wasn't even trying to be composed. I was just thinking I was worried about him leaving. Right. And I was just Did thinking. Did you really think he was going to leave? Yes. When he gets pissed, he gets up and he leaves. He right. takes out the micro, right. and he's gone. Right. So I was just thinking, I don't want him to leave because I still got some more questions. So I was just thinking, what could I do to keep him there? And I thought, if I was calm, and I looked at the chair and looked at him, looked at the chair, looked at him, to say to him, I'm not going anywhere. That's right. really what I was saying to him with my, with my eyes. Because I didn't really know him. Whatever this is you're doing, you finish over there. But I'm still going to be sitting here. Can you imagine if I had stood up and reacted the way he did? Now, wait a second. Wait, we're not done. Da, 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 da. He would have for sure walked out the door. Yeah, he wanted you to react. Well, I don't know. You know what? Actually, really? I don't know about that. I think that he was in the middle of, I'll call it a breakdown for lack of a better word, that he was sort of out of it for a second. He wasn't trying to provoke me or get mm -hmm. me to react. He was just really very wound up because that was the first time he had responded to the surviving R. Kelly documentary, mm -hmm. where he thought he'd been maligned. And I think it was, for him, a moment to express himself. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I don't even think he expected to go from there to 100. I don't. I just think it built, it built, and then it just went, it just broke. Mm. So I was worried when he was flailing around and he was spitting at one point, some spit hit me on my lip like No, this. it didn't. And I'm just sitting here like this, oh my God, I can't, I don't want to Can I get a tissue, oh. please? I, I don't even want a little tissue. I just got to just let it sit there. So... I was worried that when he was doing this and, you know, screaming, I was worried that he would accidentally hit me. Right. But I never thought that he was going to hurt me. Yeah. I didn't think that. Yeah. No, you could tell. But see, there, that's another thing. Can you imagine if that had been my first interview? No. 
Well, that, well, that's the beauty of experience. Yeah, that's why that you're totally not my first me. interview and yeah. I can just sit here and talk to you. <laughs> that would have totally freaked me out, but because I just thought, okay. From there, it's like you do this incredible interview. Your composure is excellent. Now your worth has gone up. How do you leverage walking into managing like what's coming next for you? How do you leverage? That's an interesting word because the R. Kelly thing came because I had R. Kelly, then I had the Michael Jackson accusers, mm -hmm. then the governor of uh, Virginia was having issues with the blackface right. where that picture surfaced and he said oh it wasn't him. You don't remember taking a picture like that or are you the one in the clan or are you one of the black men? Anyway, so he agreed to do an interview with me. So it's sort of like things all lined up at the same time through no fault of my own. It's not like I was out there um, hustling, trying to turn this into something. Mm -hmm. that, that wasn't, it just took on a life of its own. But it also came during contract negotiations, which is very interesting. It's kind of beautiful. That's why it's interesting when you use that word leverage. Because <laughs> I wasn't trying to do that, but it did hit at a very, how shall we say, opportune time. So will you just it say, did. you know, the Lord just took me in this direction and it yes. just so happened. I called her up and I said, I just can't believe this is happening mm -hmm. at this particular time. I can't, I can't believe it. And she said, that is called Jesus. <laughs> I love say, it. Say thank you. Call on can't, him. Can't you hear her saying that? Of I said, course. But I didn't even ask Jesus. I didn't even ask Jesus. But you know, I didn't call Jesus. You bring up a good point because the people who sit and wait for God and Jesus yeah. to work for them, they'll always be sitting there waiting. <laughs> yeah. It's people like you who just get up and go and then they see the blessings come for them. No, and I was like, God, you think it's Jesus? She goes, Gail, it's for sure Jesus. <laughs> No, that was kind of funny, but I hadn't thought of it like that. I love it. I just thought, God, I'm working so hard, and look at all these things that's happening to me now. She goes, no, that's Jesus. I love her. <laughs> I love that she gave me that perspective. Yes, yes. <laughs> Your transparency, I mean, on social media is amazing. You're showing us the scale. You're showing mm. us spanks. No makeup selfies. Mm -hmm. Where does that transparency come from? Because, Ashley, I think people have eyes. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if I didn't have this job and didn't have on my TV, this is my TV face. Hello. And if I didn't have on my TV face and people can see that, you know, she can actually look okay. <laughs> you know, I will be out sometimes. My mother used to always say, never leave the house without your makeup. You should always have on lipstick. I'll go, mom, just go in the store to get some milk. You should always look your best. And I, I just, I don't subscribe to that. I just think if you're running the store, you know, but there are days that you go and people go, you know, you kind of look like Gail King. Your voice sounds like her. I go, I am. Do you say you are? Yeah, I say I am. They go, are you in disguise? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not in disguise. This is my face. And then they say something that you know they're lying. And they go, oh, but you look so pretty. I go, you don't think I'm pretty. You're thinking you look like shit. But okay. I know what you're thinking, ma'am. No, no, no. You look so, no, no, no. I go, no, it's okay. It's okay. I understand there's a difference. Lashes make a difference. When they people do. say, what's your best beauty tip? Lashes. Yeah. I still don't know how to put them on. You probably know how to put on lashes. I don't know how to put on lashes. You don't? I see, can't even I don't. do eyeliner. I'm, for me, makeup is still paint by numbers, mm. but I swear by lashes. But So I figure people get to see me on TV and know that she can look halfway decent. So maybe that's part of it, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I was in the gym in L.A., and this guy came and I thought, God, why do I have to look like this now? Because he looked over at me and went, mm, and just went on about his way. I could tell. I could tell he was like, no thanks. Oh and I wanted to say, I wanted to say to him, you know, I can look much cuter than this. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't because you want somebody to like all of you in all phases. Uh, just the way he looked at me was like, mm. I could, I could just see the judgment. Oh. I could see it.
I just thought, God, if he knew. If he could if see he my Instagram. Knew, if, he could, if he could see my TV face and that I have a job and that I have a braid and that really I have a lot to offer. Oh, my god! And so I just got my little towel and walked out of there. But I get it. So on those times, I thought, God. But when I see women all dolled up at the gym, I think, oh, No, that's too time. much. Also, you're just asking for a zit. At that point. Yeah, I just, I was on the treadmill and this woman walked up to me and she said, she went to University of Maryland where I went. And she said, you know, we're always talking about it. And I said, what? And she had full face. I, I said, you know, I just have to say, how do you work out with your makeup on? I'm just very curious about how you're doing that. And so she said, oh, you're so funny. I go, no, I'm serious. You got on lashes. You have on foundation. How are you doing this? She said, because you never know. I go, you never know what? But anyway, she said, you know, well, since you're talking to me, I wasn't going to disturb you. But since you're talking to me, you know, we all wonder who did your work. And I go, what work? She what? goes, on your face. Who did your who did your work? I go, I haven't had work on my face. She, she goes, you haven't? I go, no. We were all wondering, who's your surgeon? I go, I don't have a surgeon. That is the best compliment so ever. So you know what I did? I took her picture and said, I'm going to post this. What's your name? I took her picture. This lady just asked me. <laughs> Who did my work? Then she was very embarrassed. Oh my God. But I go, that's I think awesome. that's funny that people think I've had plastic surgery oh on my gosh. face. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. But people say the darndest things. They, they really, do. You know, they really do. They say kids say the darndest things, but uh, you must run into that where people say. Constantly. I mean, I always get told, <laughs> yes. wow, you're not as big as I thought. Or like, oh. Do people say that you're not as big as yeah, I thought? Yeah, uh -huh. that's like the number one comment is you're not as big as and, I thought. And what's your response to that? I say, well, here I am. Yeah. You know, I mean, what are you going to say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or oh, oh, you don't that get the no makeup thing. Yeah. Or I prefer you like, and then they say how they prefer me. <laughs> yes. I like your hair better like, you know, you hear it all. Yeah, I you know. hear it all. Or why aren't you wearing something that shows off your body more? <laughs> what do I have to wear? Body con dress every day for you? I know. Look, Gail. People I, mean well, though, Ashley. They do. They do. And I think they do, I but like some you. of the stuff that comes out, you just go, okay, ma'am. I really think that people, Gotta go. like you said, want to be nice. Yes, they, they do. do. They, they do. do. And that's and, why. And they know it's their first and last shot to engage with Ashley Graham. Or so Gail they King. just say something. Mm -hmm. Like somebody came to me and said, Hoda, I love you. Oh, God. <laughs> Hoda, oh, my God. How's the baby? No. <laughs> Hoda, I just love you. Please tell me you corrected them. No, I said that's such a compliment, but I'm not Hoda. Oh, that's, that's nice such a compliment. And then a couple of times I've said, yeah, I am. Just because I didn't feel like <laughs> I didn't feel like it. And I called her and told her that really I did that. Hoda. Yeah. I could sit here and talk to you all day, but I want to be mindful of your time because you're one of the busiest women that I know. As are you. Well, but the last thing I want to do is we always do a lightning round, and uh -oh. it's just four questions. Okay. I just need you to fill in the blank. Four, okay. Okay. I pretty much always... Ooh. These are like thoughtful lightning <laughs> rounds. <laughs> I pretty much always try to do the right thing. That's a good In one. all circumstances. That's, That's the one. truth. Yeah. yeah. You never know if that show is watching you. What yeah. would you do? Well, you never know who's watching, never. But I, I don't even think about that. I just, I do pretty much always try to do the right thing. That's like good. we had we had a thing on the news the other day about somebody that left, uh, put $120,000 in a bank account by mistake. Would you spend it or not, even though it was put into, I said, I would never, I went back to the bank when they gave me $20 extra because I believe in karma. Well, and Karma never loses an address. <laughs> so I went back, you know, you gave me $20 extra. That led to a whole conversation. Of so course I pretty much always try to do the okay. right thing. Okay. What's the biggest lesson you've learned this year? God, these are, where's the boxer and the briefs questions? Well, boxer Tacos or briefs. Tacos and hamburgers. Which one, boxer or briefs? Spanx. <laughs>
Uh, the biggest lesson I've learned this year, that nothing is guaranteed. I look at the world we live in mm. with politics that you think it's going to go one way and then it goes the other. Mm -hmm. Nothing is guaranteed. And if you believe in something, you've got to vote. You know, a big deal. People can't be, you can't, you can't complain and rant about something and then not do something about mm -hmm. it. What's the biggest deal you've ever made? And it could be business or it could be you made a big deal about something. Oh. Either way, if you look at deal. I tend to make a big deal about food, Ashley. Oh, you and the Popeyes had me on my knees. I meant that too. I that know sandwich did. was delicious. Eating and food gives me such pleasure and I can't cook. So, you know, we, we just had the people on from Bon Appetit, the top 10 restaurants. Yeah. They had a sandwich on the cover that I wanted to friggin' bite the cover and start chewing the paper. <laughs> so I tend to make a big deal about food. Okay. And last question, since you're a pretty big deal, what is a pretty big deal to you? Well, my favorite daughter, Kirby's engaged. Congratulations, She's Kirby. engaged. That's a pretty big deal to That's me. That's a big deal. I just would like some details about date. <laughs> she hasn't given me a date yet because they haven't picked one. Because you know I'm ready to start shopping. Of course. I keep a list of baby names. As a matter of fact, when I was walking in here, I met somebody on your team, Kaylea. Kaylea. Oh, yeah, my director. Kaylea. Yes. So I've been collecting names of things that I like. She's getting married, but you're already thinking of baby I know, and names. she said, Mom, <laughs> my... terrible. She said, that's what she said. Mom, my womb is empty. <laughs> yes. But I said, but I'm just collecting names. Oh, my God. Hayden, Colton, Landon, Stetson, Milo, Kaylea, Eden, Cullen. The best thing. That's my a mom big deal to me. And the best thing Justin's mom and dad did, they never oh. put pressure on us. And then boom, it just happened. And it wasn't even like we weren't planning, we weren't not trying, it just happened. So it's wrong for me to say. I'm sorry, Gail, you're in the wrong. You don't even know what I'm gonna ask. Oh. It's wrong, <laughs> it's wrong for me to say, are you guys planning on children soon? Is that wrong to say? If you ask one time, that's it. Is it wrong to say, God, I can't wait to have a grandchild? Is that I would wrong to ask say? ask instead of saying that. Okay, what's the right way to ask it? When do you guys I plan on having this. kids? When do you guys plan on having kids? And then don't ask again. She'll give you an answer. Oh, I know. Don't ask again. <laughs> Clearly we haven't you. met. <laughs> Gail, thank you so much for thank coming Thank you, Ashley Graham. You're fantastic. Thank you. All right, guys, don't forget to join the conversation on Pretty Big Deal Instagram and Twitter. We want to hear from you. So make sure you leave us questions and comments. You never know. We might read it right here. Pretty Big Deal is produced by Pretty Big Deal Productions and OBB Sound.